1: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, August 8th, 2022, coming up
2: this hour. The Senate passes a landmark tax, climate, and health care bill. Wall Street
1: braces for another key report on inflation.
2: Morgan Stanley Goldman strategists predict a dimming profit outlook for corporate America.
1: And the CEO of Carlisle Group unexpectedly
3: steps down. New York Mayor Adams says they're welcome, but is criticizing Governor Abbott after sending
4: a second busload of migrants from Texas. I'm Michael Bond. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. Jacob DeGrom pitched the Mets to victory over the Braves. They won four or five of the series. The Yankees swept in St. Louis. That's all straight
5: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg one zero six one Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App.
2: Good morning. I'm John Tucker, and I'm Nathan Hager.
1: U.S. futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 6:01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. s p futures are up 10 points. Dow futures up 68. Nasdaq futures higher by 48 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.79 percent. Yield on the two-year 3.20. NYMEX crude is down eight tenths percent at 88.29 dollars 29 a barrel. John
2: and Nathan, we're going to have more on the markets in a minute, but first let's. Start Start in Washington, over the weekend, the Senate passing a landmark tax climate and health care bill. 51 Democrats in favor of the measure. 50 Republicans against it, with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. When it comes to what's next in the bill, we get more from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter.
5: The top 1% avoided the tax increases liberal Democrats had wanted at the beginning. There will be a tax on stock buybacks, The legislation also aims to prevent large corporations from exploiting tax breaks, and there will be a 15% minimum. It did not raise the SALT deduction. On the climate side, incentives to cut greenhouse gases with a hope to cut emissions by about 40% from 2005 levels by the end of the decade. It will extend the $7,500 tax credit on EVs, but there will be restrictions that U.S. electric car makers say will exclude 70% of vehicles and Medicare will be allowed to negotiate drug prices. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter,
1: Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. On Wall Street today, the Fed is in focus after Friday's strong jobs report. Speculation is growing that another 75 basis point rate hike could be coming. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly tells CBS the central bank has a lot of work ahead.
6: We are far from done yet. That's the the promise to the American people. We are far from done. We're committed to bringing inflation down and we'll continue to work until that job is fully done.
7: So it would still be appropriate to raise rates in September by half a percent?
6: Absolutely. And, you know, we need to be data dependent.
1: Mary Daly made those comments to Margaret Brennan on CBS's Face the Nation. Catch the program Sunday afternoons on Bloomberg Radio.
2: And Mary Daly and the Fed get another key report on inflation this week. Uh, that's Wednesday when the government releases the Consumer Price Index for July. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg's Vinny Daljudeis.
4: We may see some moderation as energy prices retreat. Economists say the U.S. household inflation rate, as tracked by the Consumer Price Index, probably slipped below 9% in July. June saw a 9.1% jump, the fastest since 1981, the bad old days for inflation. Inflation remains far above the Federal Reserve's 2% target in the aftermath of supply shortages and delays. This week's date on U.S. producer prices and import prices may also moderate. Vinny Dell, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Okay, Vinny, thank you. And as we await that report on inflation, the outlook from consumers is turning more gloomy. When you ask most Americans, they say the economy is getting worse. Bloomberg's Doug Krisner has the details. A poll from ABC News Ipsos found about 69% of those surveyed think the economy is deteriorating. That's the highest since 2008. The poll also finds only 37% saying they approve of how President Biden is handling the recovery. That's unchanged from June. We're just three months before the midterm elections. U.S. employment is back to pre-pandemic levels, but inflation is the hottest in decades and more stubborn than expected. Demand for gasoline in the
2: U.S. is now 9% below last year. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Doug. Also, earnings to watch this week. We get results from nearly two dozen companies in the S&P 500. Let's get more from... From Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet, traders will continue to parse corporate earnings reports against a backdrop of aggressive rate hikes. Kim Forrest is chief investment officer at Bouquet Capital Partners.
7: Companies are saying
3: their visibility for the next six months is whatever, and they're maintaining, more or less, maintaining their their estimates. So I think that speaks well. These companies know their business. They know they can't set the bar too high for themselves,
8: so it's probably kind of low.
2: Among the names reporting this week, Walt Disney, Coinbase Global, AIG, Barrick Gold, and Tyson Foods. In New York, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Thanks, Charlie. A dimming earnings outlook is at odds with the recent rebound in stock markets. That's according to strategists at Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. Both Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson and Goldman's David Costin expect corporate profit margins to contract next year, given unrelenting cost pressures. In fact, Wilson says, quote, the best part of the rally is over.
2: Warren Buffett is following an age-old strategy by the dip. But do it cautiously. Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway stepping in as the S and P 500 shed 16 percent in the latest quarter. It was a net buyer of equities, reporting $3.8 billion in purchases. Well, it's a different story than last year when it was a net seller in the second quarter of 2021.
1: Now, there's a surprise change at the top of private equity giant Carlisle Group, John. CEO Q-Song Lee has stepped down. Lee's five-year employment contract was due to expire at the end of this year. Bloomberg News has learned Lee and Carlisle's board had clashed over his contract in recent discussions. The firm's co-founder, Bill Conway, will step in as interim CEO.
2: And a major development on the pandemic front in Hong Kong. That city is going to shorten hotel quarantine times for arrivals starting Friday. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong.
1: People will only need to spend three days in quarantine now, down from seven. Their movements will be restricted for four additional days after that, but they can leave their residence. This marks a fundamental break from China's strict COVID-0 policies. Business groups say it's a step in the right direction, but they'd like to see quarantine dropped altogether. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Brian, thank you. Ahead of the cash level at Wall Street, futures in the green right now, the down futures up 82 S&P futures up 12, the NASDAQ futures up 52 points. This is Bloomberg. It's now 607 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you kindly. The heat continues to cause air conditioners to blast on high in the
3: tri-state area. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn reports.
1: Michael, the heat wave across the Tri-State area continues for a couple more days. National Weather Service has a heat advisory in effect through 8 p.m. tomorrow evening, but we will be breaking the heat wave on Wednesday. Frontal system be dropping down from the north. We'll see showers and thunderstorms Wednesday. It only gets to 85, and it looks more comfortable for Thursday and Friday. But it's going to be tough today and tomorrow with highs between 90 and 95. Michael.
3: Thank you, Rob. A second busload of migrants from Texas arrived in New York City yesterday as part of Governor Greg Abbott's plan to send migrants from his state to so-called sanctuary cities. Abbott claims that his state can handle the influx and that cities that say they can should take the burden off the border states who are getting inundated. But New York City Mayor Eric Adams says the migrants who are coming to his city are being forced onto the buses without warning and that officials and volunteers are doing what they can to help them. Mayor Adams also says Texas officials are not in touch with anyone in New York.
4: They're not letting us know what time the buses are leaving. They're not letting us know uh, what are the needs of the people on the bus. They're not giving us any information. So we're unable to really provide the service to people en route. And we would like to get that information.
3: New York Mayor Eric Adams says the city welcomes them and will provide assistance, but has asked for federal help. New York City police are looking for a suspect they say stabbed a man in the back on the subway station outside Yankee Stadium yesterday afternoon. The man was spotted in the subway system after the attack and has been estimated between 17 and 21 years old. The victim, who goes by the name Leo, tells ABC he was waiting for the D train when a stranger invaded his personal space.
1: I had to let him know, like, excuse me, little, you know, young man, get out my personal space. I'm not the one to be bothered today. You know, I had a long day. It's hot.
7: I looked back once. He didn't move. I look back again. He's still not moving.
3: Leo says he believes he was targeted as a gay man. He is expected to make a full recovery. A fragile ceasefire deal to end nearly three days of fighting between Israel and Palestinian militants has held throughout the night. The latest clash has killed 43 Palestinians and upended Israeli lives. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg John.
2: Michael, thank you. Yeah, it's now six ten on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashower. Good
4: morning, John. Welcome back to City Field. Jacob Degrom on the mound there for the first time in more than a year, and all he did was throw five perfect innings in the sixth, a walk and a home run, so his day was done. He got seventeen outs and twelve were strikeouts. Mets scored some runs for him. That doesn't always happen. Four runs in the third inning. Two run doubles for Pete Alonzo, Mark Canna. DeGrom and the Mets beat the Braves
6: 5-2. That was a long day yesterday and these guys came in and, you know, um, put up runs early. And, you know, my goal was to try to keep it there and, you know, uh, Joe did a great job and then Diaz coming in and, and closing that game. So, um, You know, it just shows a lot. This team grinds through everything. You know, that was a long day yesterday, and then they come out today and and jump on them early and, and you know, finish the series with you.
4: What a series it was for the Mets! They won four of five, so they gained three games on Atlanta. They now lead the NL East by six and a half. They've also caught the Yankees for the best record in New York. As good a weekend as it was for the Mets, that's how bad it was for the Yankees in St. Louis. The day after the Cardinals won one to nothing, they won twelve to nine. Sixteen Yankee hits, not enough. As Frankie Montas gave up six runs in his Yankee debut, it's the Cardinals' seventh win in a row. It's their first ever sweep of the Yankees. First time all year, the Yanks have been swept in a three-game series. They are just 9-16 and 16 over their last 25 games. Hugh Young Kim, a 20-year-old from South Korea, won the Wyndham Golf in Greensboro. His first hole of the tournament last Thursday was a quadruple bogey. Made up for that with a final round, 61. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports, John.
2: All right, John, thanks a lot. Ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, futures in the green right now. The Dow futures up 81. S&P E-mini futures, 12 points higher. That's up about three-tenths of a percent. And an the Nasdaq futures 51 points higher. That is a four-tenths of a percent. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And just ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, Carlyle Group says its CEO has stepped down. What's the significance? We'll ask Bloomberg's Shanali Basik. You're listening to Bloomberg.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. Stocks are climbing this morning. Bond yields are pairing their recent surge as investors weigh the prospects of aggressive Federal Reserve rate hikes against reassuring earnings. We check the markets every 15 minutes. During the trading day on Bloomberg, S and P futures are up 12 points. Dow futures are up 86 points, and the Nasdaq futures are higher by 52 points. Germany's DAX is up six tenths percent now. The CAC in Paris is higher by eight tenths of one percent. The ten-year Treasury is up eight thirty seconds. The yield two point seven nine percent. Yield on the two-year three point two one percent. NYMEX crude is down one percent now, down eighty nine cents at eighty eight dollars twelve cents a barrel. COMEX Gold is up two-tenths percent, or $2.90 at seventeen ninety four even announced. The euro, 1.0188 against the dollar. The yen is at 134.98. Bitcoin trading at about $24,100. That is a gain of 3.6 percent. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash, and now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
3: Nathan, thank you very much. The Senate passed a landmark tax, climate, and health care bill. The vote on the bill was 51 Democrats in favor to 50 Republicans against with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote after an overnight marathon of votes on amendments. It now goes to the House, where it is expected to pass on Friday. China's military announced a new exercise near Taiwan today, signaling that Beijing wanted to keep up pressure on the island after U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Cardinals 12-9. The Mets beat the Braves 5-2. The Red Sox, Orioles, and Nationals all lost. The Giants beat the A's 6-4. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, John.
2: Michael, thank you. Coming up on 620 on Wall Street, we are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Carlisle Group says its chief executive officer, Q Song Lee, has stepped down. Let's figure out the significance of this story this morning with Bloomberg's Shanali Basic. Shanali, good to see you in the studio. This is actually, I should tell people, one of the most read stories on the Bloomberg terminal this morning. Private equity is in the business of fixing and reshaping companies. Yet when it comes to doing it in-house, what's the problem?
6: Uh, that's a funny question. So uh, Carlisle is one of the earliest private equity firms, of course. Its three founders only really started the generational change, let's say, uh, in the last second half of this past decade. So about five years ago, they named Kyu Sung Lee, and at that time, it was Glenn Youngkin to be co-CEOs. Within a couple of years, Glenn Youngkin, of course, stepped down. He went into politics. And you have Kyu Sung Lee, who took over on his own. He's made some major shifts uh, in the company. He's made a big pivot and turned towards credit markets, which is something a lot of its peers are doing. He's rearranged teams. He's tried to get more dealmakers to work more closely together but you know the the question at the end of the day was when his contract came up from renewal, he and the board could not meet eye to eye on the terms of that renewal. And therefore, they announced this really abrupt exit. Remember, this is a statement that came out on a 10 p.m. on a Sunday night without a successor named with a former co-founder coming back as uh, the interim CEO and uh, announcement that the board will be announcing an executive search firm to find a new CEO. So, very rare for a firm again to your point that deals with a lot of companies and transitional change to uh, announce such a sudden exit that does not have the path forward delineated all that clearly yet
2: was there any sign prior to this of acrimony between him and the board
6: so, acrimony is a relative term on Wall Street, because, of course. Well, they,
2: did they hate each other? <laughs> well, That's no, well, I
6: mean. listen, listen, what's interesting, when Glenn Youngkin had taken over as his co ceo interestingly, Glenn was a lifer. He was really at Carlisle for a very long time. Q Sung Lee came over mid-career. But when Glenn and Q had stepped into, um, the four together, Q was the one who won out. <laughs> there was a massive power struggle just years ago, and really Q's businesses were the ones that were winning out. He was the one that was elevated more. He was the one that took over solely at the end of the day. So this has been a five-year experiment over at Carlisle in this generational change. Remember, they were the first one of their kind to make this massive change at the top, and now they're going a different direction with one of the co-founders coming back at the helm as they make that transition again. Remember, the co founder are the largest shareholders of Carlisle still. But Carlisle was also one of the earliest firms to really start to make changes, be more shareholder friendly. And, uh, you know, um, according to Bloomberg's data, Q Sung Lee is not one of the top 10 shareholders of the company, whereas the three co founders are the three top shareholders of the company. Um, and beyond that, this is a firm that has underperformed its rivals over the past year and over the past five years.
2: They've underperformed by how much?
6: You know, sometimes double when you look Uh, over, but sometimes at a smaller margin. So, um, I'll give you an example. Blackstone has doubled assets in that time frame, more than doubled by meaningful amount to almost one trillion dollars. Uh, Carlisle is not yet doubled its assets in that time frame, but they have grown meaningfully. They have beat their own targets. It is a very competitive landscape out there as these firms are taking share very, very quickly.
2: So uh, can we say it's a performance issue or it's one of a, a culture clash?
6: It's very much a culture clash. However, given the environment we're in, Carlisle's set to compete as anybody else is. They have grown meaningfully. You know, Kyu Sung Lee has navigated them into their best performing businesses. Their credit business, which he really pushed them into in a bigger way, struck deals upon, that business doubled in six months. At the beginning of this year. So it's not that simple of a story, but, uh, you know, it is kind of what it is (laughs) at this point. And, uh, you know, it it was a surprise to investors, but they've navigated this kind of uh, transition before.
2: Shanali, a pleasure. Thanks for uh, being in the studio with us uh, this morning. Again, Carly's CEO, Q Song Lee, quitting after his bid to remake the firm, kind of put him at odds with the, the old guard at carlisle ahead of the cash open on wall street looking at uh, green on the screen the dow futures right now uh 87 points higher that's up three tenths of a percent s&p E-mini futures 12 points higher that's up three tenths and the Nasdaq futures right now are up 56 points a rise of four tenths of a percent 10-year yield at 279 the two-year At 321, negative 42 basis points spread between those two as the inversion continues. This is Bloomberg. Still ahead, five states may determine if the 2024 election can be stolen. A fascinating story in Bloomberg. We'll talk to Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. You're listening to Daybreak. 6:30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. We are about 3 hours away from the open of US trading time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com GA. Up first, the Senate has passed a landmark tax, climate, and health care bill. It gives President Biden an apparent victory on his domestic agenda, but the measure is a shadow of his original Build Back Better plan. Here's Senate Majority Leader
4: Chuck Schumer. We had many bumps in the road many times when it looked like it would never happen, but we never gave up. And here we are. We've got it done.
1: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the bill now goes to the House, where the Democratic majority is expected to pass it on Friday.
2: And turning to the markets now, futures higher to start a week that will be highlighted by a key inflation report. The July CPI forecast to come in at 8.7% on Wednesday. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says fighting inflation remains the Fed's main focus.
6: We are far from done yet. That's the, the promise to the American people. We are far from done. We're committed to bringing inflation down, and we'll continue to work until that job is fully done.
2: Mary Daly making the comments on CBS's Face the Nation. You can catch that program Sunday afternoons on Bloomberg Radio.
1: And earnings will be in focus this week, John, with two dozen companies reporting. The highlight comes Wednesday with Disney's results. Meantime, a dimming earnings outlook is at odds with the recent rebound in stock markets. That's according to strategists at Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. Both Morgan's Mike Wilson and Goldman's David Coston expect corporate profit margins to contract next year given unrelenting cost pressures.
2: And a surprise in the private equity space this morning. Carlyle Group CEO Q-Song Lee has stepped down. Lee's five-year employment contract was due to expire at the end of the year. Bloomberg News has learned that Lee and Carlyle's board had clashed over the con- Contract in recent discussions. The firm's co founder, Bill Conway, will step in as the interim CEO.
1: And shares of Signify Health are higher by 16% in early trading. The Wall Street Journal's reporting CVS plans to submit a bid for the Norwalk, Connecticut healthcare company. We have this headline crossing the Bloomberg terminal as well, with the Wall Street Journal reporting Pfizer has agreed to pay $68.50 a share or $5.4 billion for global blood therapeutics. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And again, S&P futures are higher by 12 points this morning. Dow futures up 91. NASDAQ futures are higher by 57 points. And the 10-year Treasury yield 2.79%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
2: And it's 6.33 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around
3: the world. John, thank you kindly. New York Mayor Eric Adams on Sunday greeted another bus of migrants who arrived on the East Coast sent by Texas, saying their treatment by the state's governor has been horrific. A first bus of about 50 migrants arrived on Friday with Texas Governor Greg Abbott saying he was testing New York's commitment to being a sanctuary city. Adam says while the migrants are welcome, they're being forced onto buses.
4: Some of the families are on the bus that wanted to go to other locations and they were not allowed to do so. They were forced on the bus. with uh, the understanding that they were going to other locations that they wanted to go to and when they tried to explain they were not allowed to do so
3: mayor adams says governor abbott is using humans as political pawns the tri-state area remains under a heat advisory it is expected to expire tomorrow night at 8 p.m well that's tomorrow as for today 90-degree-plus temperatures will feel like it's 100 degrees. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are planning to visit Kentucky today to meet with families who have suffered from historic flooding. At least 37 people have died. Just days after U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres warned the international community the world is just one miscalculation from nuclear annihilation, Guterres reiterated this warning while speaking at the Japan Press Club
4: today. We are witnessing a radicalization in the geopolitical situation that makes the risk of a nuclear war again something we we cannot completely forget.
3: Secretary General Guterres called on nuclear-armed countries to commit to no first use of nuclear weapons. When schools in Madison County, North Carolina, head back into session later this month, students will be greeted by school resource officers, and their new AR-15 rifles. Both the Madison County Sheriff and the School District Superintendent have supported the measure, which will have the six semi-automatic rifles inside the district schools behind the lock safe in the event of an active shooter. Dr. Dorothy Espelage is a UNC Chapel Hill professor in the School of Education.
7: It's what we call hardening in the schools, and it's what's going to happen is that we're going to have
0: um, accidents with these guns.
3: Dr. Espelage says when she first heard of the measure, she thought it was a joke and fake news. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. Uh, Michael Barr, this is Bloomberg, John.
2: Michael, thank you. It's now 6.36 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer.
4: All right, John, a tale of two weekends. Great for the Mets. Not so hot for the Yankees. The two teams now have identical records of 70 and 39. What really excites Mets fans with the last two games of that five-game series with Atlanta the one-two punch has arrived. Jacob DeGrom was injured, and then so was Max Scherzer. They're both now healthy. The day after Scherzer dominated, so did DeGrom. His first five innings were perfect. He got 17 outs, and all but five were strikeouts. He got his first win in 13 months. Ellie Rodriguez and Edwin Diaz followed him. The three combined for 19 strikeouts. Mets beat the Braves 5-2, took 4-5 in the series. Buck Showalter credits the City Field crowd it's a pick-me-up it's been a tough taxing uh, um, series and the fans have been huge for us emotionally because you know to come out and as hot as it is and as uncomfortable as some of the games have been physically for them to come out and support uh you know the team uh, the guys really fed off of it the Mets division lead went from 10 and a half down to a half game but now it's back up to six and a half they host Cincinnati tonight as the Yankees great pitching Saturday but a one nothing loss in St. Louis. They scored nine runs yesterday, but lost to the Cardinals 12-9. Their losing streak has reached five, just nine wins over their last 25 games. The recently acquired Frankie Montas made his debut. It did not go well. In the loss, Aaron's Judge drove in four runs. Gleyber Torres, Aaron Hicks, and DJ The Mayo all had three hits, but the Yanks, stranded 12, get swept in a three-game series for the first time all year. They play tonight in Seattle. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. John.
2: All right, John, thanks very much. Appreciate it. It is now 6.38 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at some of the stocks, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV reporter Laura Wright. And Laura, that um, bill that was passed by the Senate uh, over the weekend, looks like that's having an impact on some of the stocks we're following this morning.
9: Yeah, Tesla up 2.2% ahead of the U.S. bell. So Tesla, as you mentioned, will see a tailwind from this landmark US climate bill out over approved overnight rather, which has earmarked around three hundred and sixty nine billion dollars for US energy security. Another tailwind for Tesla is news of a five billion dollar deal with Indonesia to secure nickel supplies for five years. Really important for the electric vehicle maker because Indonesia holds almost a quarter of the world's global nickel reserve and wants to position itself as a leading EV battery supplier.
2: Uh, the most active this morning is Bed Bath and Beyond. What's happening there?
9: Yeah, this name has become a recent meme stock. It's up nearly 18% in pre-market trading after the stock closed 32% higher last Friday. So the company is experiencing its longest buying streak since 2007. And this comes down to news released last week that Bed Bath & Beyond are tapping into the private credit market to help combat a sales decrease and a build up in inventory. To put in context the scale of the problem, the company had around 1%. One hundred and eight million dollars in cash and cash equivalents the end of May. that was down from over a billion dollars the same period a year ago.
2: okay, and I'm looking at Bitcoin this morning that's up what three and a half uh, percent this morning over twenty four thousand uh tokens. so I would imagine that's having an impact on some of the uh, the stocks we're watching this this morning.
9: It is. this classic Bitcoin names such as Riot Blockchain up 6.4%. Coinbase up 4.3%. Marathon Digital up 6.7%. The crypto bears appear to be in the background for the time being. And this wider uplift that we've seen in equities or that correlation that has emerged between equities and cryptocurrencies appears to be emerging again. Investors now seem to have confidence dipping their toes back into crypto assets.
2: Okay, strap in. (laughs) Bloomberg Radio TV (laughs) reporter Laura Wright. And looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open S&P futures this morning, they are up 15 points. And that's a rise of four-tenths of a percent. The Dow futures up 101 points, uh, three-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq futures right now up 67 points. That's up half a percent right now. And again, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, in the pre-mark, most actively traded, it is soaring up 19%. As we look at treasuries, the inversion continues, negative uh 42 basis points right now. The two-year at 320, and the 10-year note, 279. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And just ahead, we'll look at the stories out of Washington this morning and talk to Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Five states may determine the, the 2024 election, whether it can be stolen. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours
5: a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: I'm Nathan Hager watching Futures on the Rise this morning. Let's go right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bloomberg's Tatiana Darie. Good morning, Tatiana.
8: Good morning, Nathan. Futures are higher this morning. Like I said, with all major averages pointing to gains of about four tenths to six tenths of a percent, treasuries are also higher, pairing back some of Friday's losses. The 10-year yield, they're down about three basis points to just under two, spot 8%. Oil is down 1%, and Bitcoin is higher this morning, breaking above 24,000. In early trading in stocks, we're seeing CryptoLink's shares are gaining. Marathon Digital, Coinbase, MicroStrategy, among the names gaining. And Tesla, up too, after the Senate passed a key climate bill that extends a consumer tax credit for the purchase of EVs. Beth, Beth and Beyond is also up 17% in the pre-market. Regarding earnings, Barry's gold up 2% after beating estimates, while BioNTech ADRs are down 6 after missing its numbers. In other news, Carlyle Group CEO Q Sung Lee stepped down in a sudden exit announced late Friday. Live from the First and Breaking News Desk, I'm Tatiana Daria Nathan.
1: All right, Tatiana, thanks. And some breaking news crossing the Bloomberg terminal. It is a done deal. Pfizer is buying out global blood transaction. $68.50 a share. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on the terminal S-Q-U-A-Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world.
3: Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. The Senate has approved the Democrats' economic package. The legislation is less ambitious than President Joe Biden's original domestic goals, but it embodies deep-rooted party dreams of slowing global warming, moderating pharmaceutical costs, and taxing big corporations. Just out of COVID quarantine, President Biden heads for Kentucky with the First Lady today. They would tour the very hard-hit eastern part of the state from deadly flooding. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Cardinals 12-9. The Mets beat the Braves 5-2. The Red Sox. Orioles and Nationals all lost. The Giants beat the A's six four. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries I'm Michael Barr and
1: this is Bloomberg Nathan okay michael thanks it's 649 on wall street let's turn to news in science and technology now the Bloomberg NJIT stem report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology ranked a top 50 national public university by US News and World Report and top 10 in the nation for engineering by money.com Learn Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Hong Kong has reduced the amount of time travelers entering the city must spend in hotel quarantine from seven days to three. That's a greater-than-expected easing of its strict travel curves. Still, Hong Kong is isolated in a world that has mostly reverted to pre-pandemic movement. Japanese technology company SoftBank Group reported a record $23.4 billion net loss in the quarter. SoftBank was hurt by the sell-off in global tech stocks. Although its portfolio isn't directly exposed to the war in Ukraine, SoftBank warned that global uncertainty, as well as inflation and soaring energy costs, would likely hurt its profitability. And Beach Cruise have found the first sea turtle nest on the Mississippi mainland in four years. Scientists say the eggs likely belong to a protected loggerhead sea turtle or an even rarer Kemp's Ridley sea turtle, which is the most critically endangered species of the kind. The exact species of turtle won't be known until the eggs hatch in 50 to 60 days. Only about one in 10,000 sea turtle eggs reach adulthood. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report.
2: John. All right, Nathan, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interant Broker Studios, where it is now 651 on Wall Street. And that means it's time to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include, of course, the Senate passing the Democrats' landmark tax, climate, and drugs bill. And the big take story this morning, very interesting. Five states may determine if the 2024 election can be stolen. And as you've been hearing from Michael Barr this morning, New York City's mayor greeting new busloads of migrants sent by the governor of Texas. Let's take a deeper dive into these stories this morning. And I'm happy to say we're joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins this Monday morning. Emily, happy Monday. Uh Let's start with the uh, the Senate bill that was passed. What's in it and what's not in it? <laughs>
7: So this is definitely something that, that Democrats and President Joe Biden can claim as a huge win. It looked like it wasn't going to be coming together just a couple of months ago, and now for this agreement to have passed the Senate and making its way to the House, uh Democrats are feeling very, very good this morning after an incredibly long weekend. This bill, it's much, much smaller than that initial $6 trillion package. This package only is, is about $437 billion in spending, but it is expected uh, to reduce the federal deficit over time while allowing uh, Medicare to negotiate some drug prices. So that should mean lower prices of uh, starting with ten high price drugs for Americans. It also includes a lot of funding for climate and energy, including tax credits for renewable energy projects. And it will require uh, companies to pay a fifteen percent corporate minimum tax for large firms and as well as has has a one percent excise tax on stock buybacks. And so those are um you know it's once again this isn't the big, big bill that Democrats were initially envisioning, but to get Progress in these key areas of lowering drug prices, addressing climate change, and uh, taxing major corporations. All of those are things that Democrats can easily claim as a win and can really go out uh, on the campaign trail, uh, you know, this upcoming fall and really tout that win to Americans.
2: Was it tough for progressive Democrats to swallow this?
7: to a certain extent, it, certainly there were things, you know, you talk with lawmakers after a bill like this passes and everyone says the same thing. You know, we didn't get everything we wanted. They didn't get everything they wanted. Um, and certainly, you know, progressives were hoping for more. And there are voters out there who are upset that Democrats weren't able to deliver on certain things, like helping out with the cost of child care, continuing the child tax credit, having pre-K, having a wide range of stuff that was initially discussed for the legislation. At the same point, I think for a number of months there, all of Washington was kind of sitting with the belief that nothing more was going to happen, that the window of opportunity had shut. And so to have it reopen like this, to actually get a bill through, I think everyone kind of spent a long time living in a reality where nothing was going to happen. And then Democrats were very eager to get any sort of chance. And of course, this does still have to pass the House, but we are seeing lawmakers who previously announced a lot of skeptic- skepticism towards the bill be on board with it. For example, the state and local tax, the SALT tax. There were a group of lawmakers who initially said they would not be voting for legislation unless it removed the cap that was put in place in 2017. This bill does not do that, and yet we have seen now at least one lawmaker come out and say that he still will support that legislation.
2: Does it uh, make a difference come the November election?
7: That's a really great question, John. Um, I think to a certain extent, we're not quite sure. This obviously gives Democrats – it's a win for them. Uh, It obviously gives them them something they can campaign on. It gives them something they can talk about. However – If inflation continues to be high, if we see gas prices continue to be far, far higher than they were a year ago, it still might be really difficult for Democrats to cinch a victory. I mean, remember, the historical trend is that whatever party is in power during a midterm winds up having losses, and Democrats have such, such narrow margins right now that really, even if they only lost a handful of seats, that would be enough to give Republicans control of both chambers.
2: A fascinating big take story on the Bloomberg this morning. Five states determine if the election can be stolen in 2024. Can you give us the rundown on this?
7: Yeah, this is a really interesting story that looks at just a number of different data points across America. Um, as far as elections, how easy it is to vote, how secure is the vote, and whether officials will respect the results. And what the article found is that, you know, the 2022 vote, that that probably is going to be okay, but there is a really dark picture shaping up for what might happen in 2024, particularly if some of these state-level officials who have a big uh, role in certifying elections do wind up winning. Now, the article does look at all 50 states, but particularly spotlights Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania as potentially being key states that could, you know, if it's, it's a certain combination of, of votes and rules. And lawmakers are in place, we might see concerns around the 2024 vote um, as far as whether it's authentic or whether a authentic and legitimate vote is then declared to be otherwise. Um, You know, you saw a number of cases this last time where uh, local officials were under pressure to say that certain things that happened that that they did not remember when Trump called up Georgia uh, and asked Georgia's elected officials to find him, you know, about, you know 12, 12 000 more votes uh, so certainly this is a huge yeah. concern and i think a lot of it is we're going to have to, to wait and see exactly who's elected and exactly what laws
2: pass and thanks a lot appreciate it uh bloomberg government reporter emily wilkins you can read more about these stories on bloomberg.com or the bloomberg terminal and a reminder you can follow all the latest on bloomberg radio in washington that's bloomberg 991 at 105.7 fm hd2 at a head of the cash open on Wall Street, futures in the green. Dow futures right now up 137 points. That's a four-tenths of a percent. S&P E-Mini futures, they're up 21 points, up half a percent. The Nasdaq futures up 88 points, up about seven-tenths of a percent. And Bitcoin, mentioned this earlier, up about three-and-a-half percent right now. Per token, 24, uh, $24,077. Ten-year yield, 279 The two-year at 3.2%. For Nathan Hager, I'm John Tucker. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Bloomberg.